Are there secret spells in the Bible? The answer may surprise you, and we're going to talk about that today on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Welcome, everybody. If you've never joined before, the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast is all about faith, spirituality, and the paranormal, and how all of those combine into our supernatural existence. Uh, we are a multicultural, multi-faith, multi-race, and multi-orientation community here with love and respect for all. So please keep the comments respectful, nice, light, positive. We are all here in love and light. Um, and if you're here to do that, then you are absolutely welcome as a part of our community. So as we get into this, this is going to be part two. I began this talk this morning uh, with part one talking about... Um, the idea of spells, uh, magic, and uh, even incantations. What does that even mean? Uh, it's something we are certainly not accustomed to in our modern society, especially here in the West. Uh, here in the West, we have things like Hogwarts. We have uh, things like, uh, of course, you know, Hogwarts and the Harry Potter movies. Uh, I grew up in the days of your Merlins and whatnot, uh, especially with Disney movies. So there's definitely a huge disconnect and certainly a Hollywood personified or a cartoonified version of these magics and mysticisms. Now, for definition today, I'm not speaking of sorcery. Sorcery is something I do not personally practice. It is not something I'm interested in. Sorcery is where... Uh, you combine incantations with these physical elements. Um, you take things, specifically energies, from the physical realm and you transmit that energy uh, in uh, some times often gruesome uh, ritualistic ways. And that is not something that I'm talking about at all. Um, again, nothing we do on this channel, nothing we talk about. Uh, is anything that's outside of ourselves. Everything is esoteric. Everything is spiritual understanding uh, from our thoughts uh, to our emotions, to our energies, and then to our actions, um, not being these things, that, again, that we have to go out um, and find an object to give us power, uh, but rather realizing we are the object of power. We are uh, the divine one in our own rights. So thank you guys for the gifts. I really appreciate that. Gifts are always welcome. Uh, whether you're here on TikTok, you're on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, wherever you watch this or listen, gifts are always welcome. And as always, you can support my message over at cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Uh, anytime you like, that's where you can join the team over there. Uh, the team stands for Transcend. Um, so, uh, let me, in fact, look that up because I want to read this right. We've got a, actually a really cool new, uh, acronym over there and I'm in the process of memorizing it. Uh, transcend limitations, elevate consciousness, align with love and manifest our reality. The reason I stopped there, I remember that part, but we've added to it literally today. And so what we've added to it, uh, this actually combines with the four elements of self or what in the East is considered the four yogas. Uh, and so what these are, are the thoughts, which is your belief and your reality. Now these coincide to what the world might call, uh, faith or consciousness. Then there's your actions, which is ritual or practices. 
These can be little things that you do like, hey, I have a Bible study every morning or, you know, hey, I stop and give gratitude while I have my tea every morning or, uh, you know, I stop and I'm thankful and look at the sun, you know, every morning while I have my coffee, like whatever that is, little rituals. And that can be considered religion or tradition by what the world might define it as. Uh, then there's our energies, which is uh, the force and receive. So this is like a two-way street. Um, as we've talked about with the Dan Brown books, they talk a lot about uh, the chalice and the dagger. And so it's kind of that two-way street of uh, the force of your energies and the receipt of energies. This is a natural process. You don't have to, again, have any objects for this or like they did in the Old Testament, any kind of sacrifices to receive blessings. Uh, because as I've talked about, if you haven't watched my Yalda Bayoth video, Yalda Bayoth slash Yahweh, um, it's called the beast God, uh, go check that out and you'll understand a lot more about those old sacrifices that used to be done by humanity to serve, uh, what I would consider extraterrestrial gods. Um, and that's not what we practice here. I'm not, we're not worshiping any aliens or, uh, any ET gods or anything like that. What I teach here is love and respect to all religions and traditions. Uh, we understand that there are massive pantheons of gods or angels or uh, sons of God or the gods, whatever you want to consider them. Uh, sometimes they're star uh, people, whatever uh, shiny ones is what they used to call them in certain aboriginal cultures. Um, so like whatever you consider those, I, I have the utmost respect for them because as we understand even from a biblical perspective, which is what I'm more trained in, um, is that um, those sons of God, those angels, uh, a lot of them still serve the divine fractal, the mind of God, the most high father um, and the order of the universe. Now, some of them obviously fell out of alignment with that, started doing their own thing. They created their own uh, their own makership here on this planet. Uh, even the physical matrix, depending on what mythology you believe, um, has has a lot of ties to that. So with that said, that's how we're going to approach this. So that's your energies. And that's um, the, the force and the receive. Again, that's a reciprocal thing, uh, just like your chakras are to be looked at as spinning disks of energy within you. This is looked at as your life force. Uh, you're always giving and receiving energies no matter what you do. Like when you eat food, you're receiving it. When you exercise, you're exerting it. Uh, when you have a conversation with a friend, you might be lifting them up. You're giving them energy, uh, but you might also receive energy from that. Everything is an exchange of energy in this universe. And that's one thing we forget about because we don't see it. It's largely this invisible realm. And that can be considered spirituality and the sciences, by the way. So, again, what the world might call these, and I know that that may seem a little out there to put spirituality with science, but the more we get into it, the more we like, the more evolved we become in science, especially when you get uh, into the quantum sciences, the more we understand what spirituality is and that spirituality has for thousands of years understood a lot more about the fabric of reality. Uh, than our sciences have. And we, we're catching up to that. And they're starting to agree a whole lot more, uh, which is just fantastic, in my opinion. Uh, so those can kind of be put together, especially in the sense of the energies. And then the emotions. This is something we all deal with. It's how you express and feel. 
Um, and this, this can be tied within philosophy and psychology, both of them, you know, kind of flowing the, into each other again. So you have faith and consciousness, religion and tradition, spirituality and science, uh, philosophy and psychology. Uh, all of those kind of being the, um, the yin and yang of each other almost. So, um, and again, thoughts, actions, energies, and emotions. These are all the four parts of self. Now that is, um, that's our jumping off point for what our team is. And if you join the team, the team is not for, you know, like brand new people to this channel. Uh, it is a membership. It's $9 a month. Now it will be $59 a month. And you get a lot of really cool stuff with that. It's going to be an evolving scale of value, uh, from things like different, uh, video trainings to downloads, to free stuff, to discounts on merch, uh, special sessions together, team, uh, meetings as we're going to call them again, standing for transcend, elevate, align, and manifest. So there's a lot of context in that. And that is for the people that really say, you know, Hey, cub is like, I just love what cub is doing. I want to go down the rabbit hole more. I want to understand myself more. And I want to begin this process of ascension, uh, in a way that I take it seriously. And I'm willing to, to really go there and invest in this. And obviously the investment, I'm not asking you to pour millions of dollars into this. This is so I can continue, uh, the work I'm doing here, but really also offer value that I can't offer on platform. I can offer it off platform. Um, and so with that said, that's the philosophy. That's not just a sales pitch there. That's the philosophy behind what I do on this channel is through those four areas of self. So in talking about that today, I'm going to read some words that were found, uh, that are, uh, purportedly the words of Christ. Now we don't know, uh, we don't even know with the, the canonized gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we have within the Bible. Um, we don't know what the true words of Christ are, but we can start to put together and figure out from what the stories handed down and the people that knew him and then the people that followed him after he was here, what his message really was. And the more of these kind of ancient fragments of text we find, the more we understand about the life and times of Christ and who he really was. And the more we understand about who he really was, a, the more fascinated I am with him and B, um, he's not what we've been told. And that's, I think maybe one of the scariest things about what we explore on this channel, uh, is that he's not what we've been told. He was by all intents and purposes, an Eastern mystic. Um, we, there's even data to suggest that he may have even come out of Egypt and been adopted by Mary and Joseph. Uh, and I'm not saying any of this is, is fact. This is all data that we have that hasn't been proven because nobody was there that lives today. Nobody was there. So, uh, I take that with all respect, by the way, you know, whatever you believe about Jesus or Christ, I believe he's an entity that can manifest in many different forms throughout history, just like the Satan or Hasatan in Hebrew, uh, being an entity that takes many different forms and has walked the earth ever since it was made. Um, and so I think that's a pretty interesting, t uh, thing. So, uh, how many are on the team? Uh, B sunshine says, so on our team globally right now, uh, just with all the different forms of social media, we're at almost half a million as far as who have joined the team. Uh, we are still under a hundred. So, um, I expect that to grow exponentially. 
honestly, as the price goes up, there's this weird psychological thing that the more you charge, the more people want it. Um, and so right now at $9 a month, I'm just offering that for people that have been here from the beginning as a way to say thank you. Uh, I haven't even covered my costs on doing the thing uh, at who has joined right now, just so you guys know. So I'm certainly not getting rich off of this. As it grows and as we step up towards the $59 a month, uh, I fully believe the value will be there. And I also believe the people that pay $59 are going to get uh, more out of it than the people that pay nine because uh, they're going to be really invested in it in a heavier way. Uh, and so that's really important to me that you guys actually get something out of it. Uh, it's not just what I teach in there or what we do in there. It's, you know, a three minute video that could be life changing within one of those training videos that just completely changes the narrative and helps you begin to help other people, begin to help yourself, begin to find God in your own life. Uh, those are the things. And you might say, well, why aren't you giving that away for free? Well, I am. Uh, I'm giving it away here. We're doing it now. The problem is for free, most people don't listen. You guys who actually see what I'm doing and hear what I'm doing and you want more and you want more of that intimate time as a team together, uh, that's what you're going to get within that. So uh, with that said, um, again, I'm giving away everything for free right here. I talk about it every day. So the only reason we have that membership is to support what we're doing, give you guys an opportunity to funnel down the value into uh, more of a localized setting within we're doing a Facebook group with that too, which I will pay the highest attention to as far as the comments and questions in there over, you know, other things like regular platform uh, comments and stuff, which honestly get lost because we have thousands of them. And uh, when I'm able to have help within that community, you know, we'll be able to answer more questions, do bigger things. I can't afford help till we can build this. And, and this, that's how this happens. Um, and I'm not complaining about that at all because this is, as I speak, I create, that's what I'm talking about today. I communicate this message and I am creating what is happening here. And God has given me that authority to do that. He's given you the same thing, by the way. Angel Appleseed, thanks for being here. Talini, thank you for being here. Uh, Angel Appleseed is glad to be back. Thank you for joining. Um, Substance says yes. Um, spiritual and science are joining hands. Uh, B Sunshine says, yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited about that, by the way. Uh, we need to we need to just be really thankful for that uh, because for a long time, uh, it was kind of one or the other. And while it's still not widely accepted as one or the other, I think there's a lot of people who are in professions like that, some that I know personally, who have a very deep spiritual side and they don't really separate. I mean, they definitely try to reconcile, uh, but I don't think they separate. And even the idea of God as a fractal mind, a, an energy within the universe is, is a lot more acceptable. Now, when you put the whole uh, God as a bearded man on a cloud, that's a little different uh, understanding, So, uh, which is not what I do, by the way. I used to think that way. Uh, I used to be like a Yahweh follower from the Old Testament, try to understand how this God that was so evil in the Old Testament was the father Christ spoke of. Then you see that you know Christ wasn't talking about him at all. I've got a whole video series about that. You can go check that out, but... So here's some interesting sayings that were found at uh, Oxyncris, Oxyncris, O-X-Y-R-H-Y-N-C-H-U-S, Oxyncris, 
and so this is in, um, let's see, they were found on papyrus written in Keon Greek. Um, these were discovered in the systematic search for papyrus carried on at the site of hell and the town hell H-E-L, by the way, not, not double toothpick, but H-E-L, uh, town of Oxyncris, uh, at modern, Bas uh, Baneza below Cairo. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So now we know where they're found. Okay. And it's west of the Nile river. Uh, so that kind of gives you guys some context of where they were found. This is from BibleGateway.com, by the way. Um, and so the mass of papyri, fragments, scrolls, and folios excavated from Oxyncris were published by the British scholars B.P. Greenwell, 1869 to 1926, and A.S. Hunt, 1871 to 1934, and their successors in 18 volumes and accompanied by several monographs during the 19th century. So I bring this up because words are so important. People have literally preserved them so that we didn't lose the magic. And unfortunately, we have a lot of systems now that are dogmatic that say, if it's not approved by this group of men in the past, it's a heresy. And I just don't buy that anymore. And I don't believe that anyone else should. I can't make a decision for you. But as someone who fully loves God, who I believe Christ came to enlighten me, set me free, and help me ascend. And he is my master, my ascended master, uh, that I try to model my understandings after. Even as I learn from like the Buddha and Krishna, I still look at that as the Christ energy. I look at the words that we have of Christ and I see the similarities and the common thread of truth within all of them. Um, and I really have begun to fall in love with that message all over again. Um, whereas when I was younger, I was taught to love Jesus, the person I now love Christ, the entity, and it's just a different transcendental place to be. So, um, and, and all respect to wherever you are in your walk, if you're not there yet, it, don't worry, like just keep listening, keep coming back. We've got an awesome loving community here. Um, we are, we are by all intents and purposes serving into that Christ energy, that Christ consciousness, that entity. Um, I believe that that's, you know, um, that's what we're here to do. So, um, like cursing a fig tree for being out of season. Yeah, absolutely. There's a curse, by the way, there's a curse in the Bible. You know, Jesus curses this tree. You know, why did he do that? Obviously it was, uh, something that he did according to the history of it. Um, but according to the esoteric understanding of it, we have to ask, why did he do that? Um, and Wells World says, do you believe Yeshua ex existed? Absolutely. Uh, I believe that that was definitely one of the manifestations of him. If you look at like the Hindu god Vishnu, um, he's manifest in a bunch of different uh, eons and timelines. And I believe the Christ has too. Like I don't, I don't bind him by one timeline, one body. Um, I think that he was, you know, again, transcending time and space, always, always here when we needed that age of enlightenment. Um, let's see, uh, why Jesus cursed the fig tree is because it's figurative of the nation of Israel and what's going. Uh, so, I mean, that's partly it, but you have to understand, like, there was a big effort to tie what he was doing to Israel. Now, he went to that lost nation of Israel in, in the biblical timeline for a reason, because they were under captivity of the God Yahweh. 
Um, and, and that's my belief on it and my understanding that could change in the future. But from the research I've done coming from someone who was taught to try to love Yahweh in the old Testament and that he was the father of Christ, I don't see that at all. I see that Christ came against him and actually stood against, uh, the old ways and fulfilled them so that that was done and people couldn't even argue about it anymore. Hey, it's fulfilled. So here's the way, you know, I think that's why he did what he did. So, um, so anyway, the cursed tree for me is, uh, for my life as an allegory for, um, you know, am I bearing fruit or not? Like, am I, am I helping people or not? And that may be a simplistic way to look at it. And there's probably a deeper meaning to it. But for me, it's like, you know, I don't want to be told to bear fruit no more. So I'm going to do everything I can to bear fruit, agree to be pruned, which I have many, many, many times in my life. And continue to try and grow fruit for the kingdom. So um, that that's kind of how I interpret it personally. Um, do you have a response for the corruption of the humanity's soul? Yeah, absolutely. Yahweh, Yaldabaoth, the extraterrestrial gods of the Old Testament, the bloodthirsty gods, the ones that required sacrifice and obedience rather than love, uh, the ones that did not require compassion but bargaining, the ones that literally wanted silver and gold, the ones that are the Satan, the God of this world. Uh, if you look at those mythologies, you start to understand that, but you have to untether it from religious dogma. And again, all respect to wherever you're at on your walk, that's where I'm at now. And, and that's where I have to teach from. So, um, it's a nation, not an individual. So, well, I understand that, but the nation of Israel in the biblical timelines can largely be looked at as an allegory for the world. It's like the same parable of he left the 99 to go rescue the one. Israel was the one. And while it may have been about that nation, it was about more than that nation. That's that's one theory, one understanding of the mythology. I say the mythology because a lot of those are stories. A lot of them are esoteric. A lot of them happened. Uh, a lot of them are combinations of things that happened and things that were stories handed down. So we don't honestly know. Yes, we have some archaeological evidence of some of this. Obviously, a global flood is one thing that's starting to be more widely accepted. Um, but when it comes to these things and he's speaking about Israel, we don't know if that was actually put in there by people that were trying to tie that to Israel or if he really was speaking about that nation. Um, so that, that's a hard one. I can't prove that either way. And that's a little off subject from what we're trying to talk about today. So, um, with that said, go watch my y'all Bayoth video and you'll understand a lot more of what the magic of Jesus is about. That's if you want to chat with me, go listen to me for two hours on there. And if you still have questions, hit me up in the comments and then we'll chat. So with that said, uh, the magic of Jesus is definitely something that should not be slept on. Um, there's some really compelling things that he said that are beyond religious. And certainly he didn't come to start a religion. He didn't come to start a church. He didn't come to do anything other than he didn't even come to create followers. He came to create Christ's more people that are sons and daughters of the most high father. That is the magic of Jesus. And he did that through many, many different ways, some of which were questionable, uh, according to a lot of different people. So 
These papyruses were found, uh, part of them have portions of the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, uh, which is one of my absolute favorite Gospels, one of my absolute favorite things to read. I've read from it a lot. And I'm going to go ahead and read these sayings off, and then we're going to talk about spelling and curses and all of those things. Because what I'm, what I'm explaining today has the potential for anyone who listens to this whole podcast, this series, any of, the, any of the works that I do. I consider everything I do online a work of art. A work of art doesn't mean it's an exact representation of the truth. It means it's an interpretation. It's my creative depiction of what I experience of God and magic and life and unity and community um, and restoration and all of these things. It's my artistic depiction. So when I say I'm an artist, I mean I'm an artist. I write music. I write poems. Uh, I write journals. I write teachings and parables. Uh, working on a um, graphic novel style um, kind of codex, if you will, of all of uh, the team values that we have here for someone who's looking to kind of demystify all of these mythologies from biblical mythologies to different um, other ancient belief systems and kind of put them together with one common thread so that you can more easily discern uh, in your life what is the right path. And so I wanted to do that. I did that in my book, God Given Gifts of Brilliance, but it was written from an inherently Christian perspective, which I have no problem with because my core base is Christian. However, I am more what you would consider a Christian mystic now or a uh, Christ universalist. So that is really where I come from now. And I wanted to create a document that I could give out for free and really help people kind of plug in some of the dots and start to understand their own self as a part of the mind of God, which to me is one of the most important things. And it's what all of these systems try to explain. Yet, unfortunately, People either align with the faith, the religion, the spirituality, or the philosophy side of things. And if we don't mix them together in a, in a beautiful blend, they're not near as potent and life-affirming and valuable uh, to us if we just keep them separate. You have plenty of people that are like religion is the thing to them. Plenty of people that philosophy is the thing to them. Plenty of people that spirituality is the thing to them. Uh, and then you've got plenty of people that... Uh, by all intents and purposes, just don't want to believe any of that. And they just think that, you know, pragmatism is, is the best thing. Um, you know, so with that, and then you have the faith people too within that, by the way. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of the faith people around the area I live in where it's not so much old tradition of religion. It's more of the faith. Well, I believe in Jesus or I believe in God and that's all that matters. And, you know, and while that has its place, again, if it's not combined with faith, religion, spirituality, and philosophy, it doesn't really have that fullness. And again, I, I'm going to explain a lot of that more as we get into the team teachings and the mentorship program with that. But what Jesus said here in these documents, and they're just little pieces of papyrus, you know, they find these fragments all the time, more and more and more. And uh, the first saying is it says, Jesus says, literally these are just laid out. Jesus says this, Jesus says that. Jesus says, unless you fast from the world, you will in no way discover the kingdom of God. If you do not keep the Sabbath the whole week through, you will not see the Father. Jesus says, I stood in the center of the world and I was seen by them in the flesh and I found all men drunk and no one thirsty among them. 
Uh, and I love that one. I love that one. Like the people that are here on my channel every day, you're thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm drinking some tea right now. Um, I'm going to get a drink. And to me, what he was saying in that is people are drunk on their own brew all the time, their own belief, their own search for success, their own uh, whatever. And it's not one that is true and lasting and enlightening. It's one that uh, continues to lead most of humanity in a tailspin of essential doom, you know, uh, not loving each other, not being in unity, not loving themselves. I've lost people recently uh, within my circles to um, not being able to cope anymore or for whatever reason with life and choosing to leave this realm. Um, and, and to me, I have a lot of people tell me that, hey, you're deceived or you're teaching, whatever. And I'm like, look at the people that come to this channel. Look at the fruit that we have here. Look at how many people have told me I needed to hear that message. I needed to hear this and know that I wasn't alone. I needed to understand deeper. I needed answers that I wasn't given by the church or by philosophy or by science or by my family or by my own searching. I needed answers that were more clear and more alive than I ever thought possible. And so I have people say, oh, you're confused. You're deceived by that which you think you understand. I had a comment like that earlier. And my response to that is I'm willing to risk it. And, um, you know, okay. Uh, so I I'm here helping people. And I think that the fruit speaks for itself. Uh, I don't have to claim anything. I just have to keep doing because if I save one person on here, and I'm not talking about saving the everlasting soul, you're already an everlasting soul. You've already determined your salvation. What I'm talking about is people that are deciding to get off the ride on this planet, people that are deciding to turn to drugs or alcohol or uh, try to have all these different relationships with people and none of them work out, or they're on their third, fourth, fifth marriage, still can't find happiness. Those are the people that absolutely need what we're doing here. And if I'm, if I'm helping, you know, one or two people a day, it's worth it for me because I hear those comments all the time. That's my life bread and butter on here. And that's why I do what I do because those words are casting spells. They are creating that, which I say I create. Why do we have the terminology sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt them. If you've ever heard that, um, what a deceptive comment, guys. What a deceptive comment. Sticks and stones break the bones, but words will never hurt them. Yeah, sure. But you got a lot of people that words hurt way worse than a stick or a stone. And the whole point of that little parable was to say, you know, get over it, quit being a whiner, get up, dust it off. And I'm not trying to sound like a full millennial here, which I am, but um, words are magic. And when I have people come at me in the comments full of hate, full of malice, full of wanting to tear me down because they're ignorant of their own life and they can't see the truth when it's right in front of them, that's a problem. And those spells hurt me. Now, I have learned to create much more powerful spells in my life because I am creating that which I speak. I am using the magic of abracadabra. I talked about this morning, abracadabra literally 
is from the Hebrew meaning I create that which I speak. And so I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, there's no better way than a podcast. You want to create what you speak, start a podcast. Uh, this is literally the perfect medium where everyone can have their own radio show and you can literally develop your thoughts into something that is real. And you talk about manifesting, guys, this is it. I love being a content creator, but there is a dark side to it that if you're not ready for it, you get called all kinds of things. And yes, it hurts, but you have to learn to create beyond that. And that's one of the things I'm talking about today. So uh, if these books weren't taken from the original text, uh, it wouldn't seem so peculiar. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, especially the Gnostic Gospels make the the message of Christ so much more clear if we look at them in context to the regular Gospel. Here's why I think that they're not all in one. Um, because if they were, people would have like this direct path to ascension. But by combining Acts and Romans and uh, Corinthians and, uh, even revelation in there is one of the most confusing documents for a lot of people. Um, people take it literally, which I don't have a problem with, but I think that it, it presents its own problems. Uh, if you take it completely esoterically as an inward battle that's happening an inward conquering, um, an inward seat of grace and wisdom, the, the white hair of Christ sitting on the throne of you, um, it makes a lot more sense. And we're going to read it in that vent later, like probably next year, because I'm just not, I'm not that guy. Uh, there's so many doomsday things out there and people that literally believe like it's tomorrow and everything. And again, I could be wrong about all this. I mean, you know, it could be whatever. I don't know, but, um, am I willing to risk it? Yeah, because I'm helping people here and I'm helping myself every day. I'm helping you guys. And it's not that you guys are so lost. It's like, I'm just as lost with you. Um, the only reason I did this is I was just tired of the BS. I was tired of the lies. I was tired of the dogma. I was tired of the religiosity and the churchianity and the processes and the systems and the methods and all the stuff. And I got tired of it. And so I was like, let's just look at everything. Um, you know, it's like when you get tired of your, your room being a mess and you open the closet and you just rip everything out and you're like, fine. All right, we're throwing this away. Throw that away. Throw that away. This is getting filed. Uh, I'm going to give this to this person and give that away. Uh, I'm going to sell this and then put the money into this. And then I'm going to upgrade this. We're going to repaint while we're in here. That's kind of what I did with my own faith systems. Um, and when you talk about deconstruction, a lot of these people talk about deconstruction and it's just this process of breaking down. Mine was a complete reorganizing of everything. If it didn't serve into the common thread of love, light, and unity, the fruit that Christ talks about, it had to go. And for me, a lot of that is in the writings of Paul. And there's a lot of people that seem to understand them better than I do. That's fine. But for me, he was just creating a brand new system of control. And it was Yahweh remanifesting from the Old Testament with from the old law to a new law rather than the law of creation, the law of love that Christ preached. The the road less traveled is most narrow. Absolutely. I talked about our new logo earlier for the podcast being the esoteric kingdom of God within you. You can see the cobblestones breaking apart, giving way to this narrow path through the woods 
with golden light shining on it. And then there's a halo around it, uh, like that energy halo of doing that energy work within yourself. Um, and that's what the cub Cooker supernatural podcast logo is now. And I, I think it's beautiful. It means something. If you're here, you get it. Like, you know, if you're new, you're intrigued by what it is. So more of these sayings found on this papyrus, Jesus says, my soul grieves concerning the sons of men because their hearts are so blind uh, so they do not see their plight and their poverty. Now, you got to understand, he, he was with a lot of rich, rich people here, too. A lot of uh, what we would call the elites here. Uh, Jesus says, whenever there are two together, they are not apart from God. And where there is one alone, I tell you, I am with him. I mean, wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, like literally you're never alone. Like the spirit of Christ is within you already. Uh, and if you put two people together, you know, God is, is in your midst already. Like, um, the power of agreement is that esoteric. Is that something with our own psyche, like connecting the two parts, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, possibly, I don't know. I'm just, these are ideas. A lot of people say, well, how do you think this way? Like, you know, because I don't need the right answer. I need like all of the answers. I want all the data. I want understanding of these concepts. Jesus had this deep understanding of these concepts and he could then repeat their religious doctrine back to them. And then he could then say a parable concerning it with a deep esoteric truth that a lot of people were like, what does that mean? But the people who heard it and saw it went, oh yeah, that's wow. Mm, interesting. You know, and it wasn't uh, like, how do we build a better doctrine? It was, how do we ascend? How do we begin to understand all of this stuff? Um, so that one's a beautiful one. And then it says, lift up the stone and there you shall find me. Split the beam and I am there. Again, what does that mean? To me, this ties back to, there is a Bible verse that says, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And nothing was created that was not created through the word referring to Genesis 1. Um, a lot of people try to tie it to Genesis chapter 2. I think Genesis chapter 2, if you read it in the WEB, uh, the World English Bible Translation, you see that it's Yahweh Elohim, not the plural Elohim, Godhead, the creative force. Um, but to me, this is talking about Christ, the Word of God became flesh, right? But the word is not the Bible. Like we've turned it, we've tried to make it this simplified thing. And there's been a lot of popular doctrine, which is not biblical, uh, in my opinion, um, which I'm sure someone will argue with me. But in my opinion, it's not biblical. I can't find any data in the Bible itself that says that the Bible is the word of God or even that scripture is the word of God. It says all scripture is profitable for training in righteousness. Um, but I can't find anywhere where it says the Bible is the word of God. And I just believe, because if you look at the root word, again, words, we're in a library today. Imagine we're in a beautiful library. Um, and I think my wife's home just scared the heck out of me. Um, if you imagine that, then we are in, let me shut the door. Anyway, if you imagine that, uh, that we're in a beautiful library, um, you know, words have so much power. Um, and the idea that the word of God is the logos of God, the logos, the divine expression or computation of God 
is I think one of the most important misconceptions that we continue to perpetuate in our modern faith systems that um, the words on the page, not the power behind them, are uh, the word of God, the word of God being the divine expression, which is fully present in Christ and should be fully present in you and me uh, if we're willing to take that road less traveled. So um, anyway, I hope that makes sense. Let me finish these sayings of Jesus. I'll probably do a part three of this tomorrow because this whole spell series, I think, needs its own like its own playlist probably on the podcast uh, because I think you guys are really interested in this. I think that I've struck something with this that we need to keep talking about. So uh, lift up the stone and you shall find me split the beam and I am there again. He's in all things, right? Like I, I think that that's what that means. That's straight out of uh, gospel of Thomas there. So uh, Jesus says a physician does not treat those who know him. This ties in with, you know, a prophet is not recognized in his hometown because in the gospel of Thomas, it goes on to say a physician is not able to make well those when in his own family. So that's like very, very similar, uh, to that one. Um, and, and so what does that mean? Like, you know, I, I talk to my family about this all the time. Uh, they haven't really gotten on the same page and it's nothing against them. It's just, you know, they changed my diapers when I was growing up. Like it's hard to go, you know, I was watching you just, you know, 30 years ago, poop your pants. So it's really hard to think of you as having any kind of divine gift for interpretation with this stuff. And again, I'm not claiming I do. I'm just putting together the pieces that as I see them in a creative work that I'm sharing on a podcast that I'm then sharing with our team community, uh, in, in the group, you know, it's, that's, that's how I approach it. It's not that I claim to be any kind of prophet or anything like that. I just don't, I just don't go there because, I figure I either have it or I don't. And if I do, then people will see it. People will find fruit in it. If I don't, then I'm going to keep seeking. And, um, you know, I'll either, it, the Bible says, seek and you will find, ask and it will be given to you. And I seek every day and I ask every day. So to me, that's the fruit that I, I see within this community. Uh, Jesus says, you hear with one ear, but the other one is closed. Absolutely. Um, eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus says there is nothing hidden or buried which shall not be raised or known. Uh, again, talking about this knowledge, this esoteric gnosis of Christ. Uh, that's why I love Gnosticism, not for all of the weird mythologies that it has, but for that kind of core of truth that I see in it and the teachings of Christ as well as Eastern philosophy uh, that we're talking about in the four yogas as we continue forward with these understandings. I hope I'm putting this together for you guys. Um, I promised we'll talk about uh, cursive writing. We're going to talk more about the speak and spell. We're going to talk more about spelling and words and how you can start to use them. I want to end this in, in part three or maybe four uh, if this goes on a little longer as there's more questions and stuff. Uh, with kind of some actionable things that we can begin to manifest our desired realities based on these words. And then we're going to look at more words that Jesus spoke uh, that are what I would consider uh, magic phrases that we can use, that we can really kind of take to heart 
um, and use in our own life that are just just beautiful. So uh, Lynn says, oh, yes, you do. Thank you very much, Lynn. I appreciate that. Troy says, love the way you put that and fully agree. Uh, thank you says, um, do you know your life path numerology? I don't. I'm obsessed with the number 22. Um, and I see synchronistic numbers all the time, normally palindrome numbers, or like if I look at the time, it's 11, 11. Uh, and this is organically, by the way, I'll be like, Oh, what time is it? And I just look over at the microwave. It's like three, one, three, uh, you know, so I see a lot of numbers like that. Um, that are like the same forward and the same backwards. So uh, whatever that means, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I'm certainly not an expert on all of those things like that. I'm more of a, again, an artistic storytelling. Uh, I love mythologies, spirituality, paranormal, those type of things. So uh, that's kind of what I try to put together from a creative point of view. So anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed today. Uh, like I said, I will share a lot more about that um, this afternoon, um, because there's some really good stuff on agreement. We're going to keep talking about, but remember I create as I speak. It's important. What we say to each other, always speak life. Toby Mac has the song and the album speak life and the hashtag speak life and everything. Uh, Toby Mac is probably one of my favorite Christian artists. I don't really align with a whole lot of other Christian artists. Uh, but for me, he has like such a beautiful way of cutting through, a lot of the doctrine and just getting to the core of the emotion of it and, and the deeper understanding of the Christ. And so I love Toby Mac with that speak life. Uh, just remember like, you know, each day, what did CS Lewis say? You know, it's immortals that we marry, snub, cheat, uh, swindle, uh, bless, serve, whatever we decide to do. Um, it's immortals, you know, we're all immortal entities and souls and, each day we have an opportunity to push people towards love and light and unity or push them towards darkness by being rude or hateful or whatever. The words that we have are powerful. Choose them wisely. I always try to do that. I hope you guys see that in what I do as we explore these concepts openly together. I love you guys. You have a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, I get to go to a carnival with my wife today, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I'll be back here Sunday morning, uh, for, uh, the Q and a, we normally do a Q and a Sunday morning. It's going to be live on TikTok and Facebook, 11 AM central standard time, normally till around one. We do like one and a half to two hours, depending on how well it's going. Um, you know, how many questions there are in, in the feedback. So we'll do more Q and a then, and I'll continue this series probably next week. Um, as we finish spells and we get into Halloween, this is a perfect finish in the Halloween season to understand, uh, esoteric magic, the energies within you, the kingdom of God within you. Christ said that don't forget it. Quit looking everywhere else for it and look within, because I promise you there's more beautiful things inside of you than you're willing to understand. And it, we talked about earlier, the legend and the lore and the mythology of Pandora and how Pandora's box, uh, this beautiful story, uh, has actually been twisted over time. and was actually Pandora's vessel or jar. Uh, and much as she was made of clay by the gods, the jar was almost representative of her as I read through this mythology. Uh, and when she opened it up, she was terrified by all these things that came out. But once they were gone or cleared... 
she was able to hear the beautiful sound, the tinkling of bells and the beautiful light glowing from the jar and realize that there was hope. And I think that that is ultimately the message I'm trying to share with everybody here is that you have the kingdom of God within you. Tap into it, find it, love yourself and others. I'll see you guys Sunday. Have a beautiful weekend. Peace.